This is Changeling the Podcast. Episode two of Changeling the Podcast. I'm Josh, your host, and also hosting with you. Here is Puka. Say hello, Puka. Greetings. So today's episode, we are going to look at Changeling before Changeling the Dreaming. Uh, Essentially, fairies in the world of darkness before the first edition Changeling the Dreaming book came out and uh, related games and topics uh so yeah uh puka would you like to let's see you had a had some ideas on this i have so many ideas on this yeah (laughs) um so yeah we're gonna so there's first of all there's going what was the world of darkness especially at the beginning and what that meant. So did you, did you have some thoughts on that, Puka? Or... Yeah. Well, and I, I feel very, very passionately about this topic because, as I mentioned before, Vampire was my first World of Darkness game, and that sort of encapsulates the whole World of Darkness ethos to an extent. It's hard to look at any of the other World of Darkness games, I think, without relating them back to Vampire at least a little bit, because I think that that's you know, when they created them, that was that was what they did. Everything had to somehow connect back to that initial, you know, yeah. concept. Especially early vampire. Oh, yeah. Oh, very much so. And it's funny because even though, you know, even from the start, it was very clear that they envisioned this world that was full of all these different supernatural beings, like werewolves were in there from the start, ghosts were in there from the start. They, it seems like they really didn't plan it out very carefully so they made the vampire game and then just threw everything in without really thinking about what worked and what didn't Mm -hmm. so one of the things in vampire that they highlight is what they call the gothic punk ethos and it's sort of a combination of mood and theme where you have that gothic you know it's always nighttime there's always a cool breeze or a chill wind and there's leaves and papers scattered around and everything's kind of grim and the lights are flickering and all of that sort of, I guess we would call it grim dark now, but also that, that element of romanticism that you get with like Gothic literature. So Anne Rice in atmosphere form, but then that punk um, sensibility of kind of challenging the status quo and making things your own and, you know, fuck your authority, that kind of thing. So yeah, with that in mind, you know, it's it kind of reframes the notion of fairies or changelings and how they fit into that world because the happy-go-lucky, it's not the charming mischief kind of stuff. There, there's elements of that, but fundamentally, the, the fairies have a streak of darkness underneath them. When you look at the original source material, I mean, when you look at the old vampire and werewolf, um, and even into the early days of Mage, you kind of have this general rule all of the vampires say just just avoid the fairies don't mess with the fairies fairies are bad news and that's it there's no you know there's nothing specific it's just avoid at all costs um and part of that i guess is because they hadn't been given stats uh in a systematic way in the game but also it lends itself to that notion of the world being fundamentally oblique and disturbing and uncertain place that uh that that makes a lot of sense and (laughs) it's hard to come up with much to say on that but yeah that uh like yeah and definitely you can tell with like the the inspirations that they're drawing from from everything i've read both actually in changeling for the most part and certainly before changeling there was a lot of like, you know, the, the lightest it would get would be something like Midsummer's Night Dream, which is not the, it's, that's still not a kid's no, story. No, right? so. not at all. <laughs> or when you look at like the old fairy tales, kind of the unbowdlerized uh, 
grim fairy tales and people killing their children and eating them and people having their eyes pecked out and all of that sort of stuff. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're, they're going to play tricks on you, but you might not survive those tricks. And that's the, yeah. And I think it's also important to recognize part of, part of why vampire in particular was so popular was because this was radically different from the general RPG landscape at the time, the mainstream landscape. So you had Dungeons and Dragons, and you could have dark elements in there. I forget when Ravenloft came out, but I don't think it was... It might have been after World of Darkness, but I don't know. Dates escaped me. Uh, but for the most part, D&D was much more, if not happy, at least upbeat in the sense that you were adventurers conquering enemies. Yeah, Ravenloft was 1983, just... Okay, so long predates. <laughs> yes, but that's still one setting kind of model yeah. thing yeah and not everyone was playing ravenloft so oh, it wasn't even its own campaign setting till 1990 so that's what i'm thinking of all right so roughly at the same time and that notion yeah. of playing the monster that world of darkness kind of built itself on that extended to all of the you know all of the games they conceptualized all of the different monsters that were out there yeah it's definitely the zeitgeist at the time in general media it wasn't just like musically mm -hmm. and movies and everything that had been really going in that direction when uh vampire came out maybe we should uh describe for anyone who's unaware of just kind of our sense because i know we've talked about it of what the old timeline of white wolf looked like oh okay yeah history yeah this is where history lesson so there was yeah so there's the game ars magica yeah, it was... I know White Wolf was a magazine originally. Yes. Late 80s. And I don't remember what they focused on. Was it Was it a lot of D&D? Was it like other... I think it was a, a variety of things, but um, I don't know if it was like game, mm -hmm. game reviews or just kind of game descriptions. Yeah. This is not the comprehensive history of World of Darkness podcast. No. <laughs> Probably some other hosts would do that one disclaimer we are not we are not professionally associated with any of the white wolf staff so all of this is speculation yes. neither are we historians or not not professionally at least <laughs> but yeah there was the the well told or frequently told at least story of the merger between white wolf as the magazine and lion rampant as the game publishing company doing ars magica so one of the i guess sort of er documents of changeling would be Ars Magica Fairies, which came out in 1990 and presents fairies. Really, it's more of an antecedent to Dark Ages Fae than anything else. So we're getting way ahead of ourselves if we bring that in. But I think it does show, at least, you know, in terms of the, the mood and theme again, what the initial idea of fairies, where that came from. Because they are the medieval, inscrutable, capricious very powerful and ultimately bad news fairies so that was right after oh that would have been before they merged well there's there's actually a note in the front matter of the book because i have it i have it here in front of me i was managed to secure a copy and it says a note about our merger so hmm. it was in progress at the time the book came out interesting okay so yeah that would have been still pretty early on but yeah that makes sense so, yeah, what are the fairies, very quick, roughly, what are the fairies like in Ars Magica? So there's a few different types. Um, I would say the distinctions, I mean, this is really just, I've only skimmed it. I haven't done a, a deep read or anything. Um, but there's, they do reference the Tuatha de Danann, or and I apologize for any uh, native Irish speakers who might listen to this, because I know that the pronunciation most players are familiar with doesn't necessarily correspond to the Irish. Um but so they do they do kind of reference some of that Irish-based uh, mythology, as well as some Norse stuff, because Ars Magica is localized in Europe. And you do see the distinctions between noble and commoner, and then sort of elemental versus, I guess, cultural archetypes. So you have, you don't have inanime necessarily, but you have like forest fairies and water fairies, as opposed to courtly fairies. So there is, there are some of those early distinctions, but there's no, there's certainly no, there are courts, 
the book is subtitled, I think, A Guide to the Sealy. So the Sealy, at least, were established within that setting. Interestingly, though, I think one of the one of the big pieces that matters for the old World of Darkness books is that Arcadia is very thoroughly described in the Ars Magica book and is accessible because it's set in changeling terms. It's set pre-shattering, so Arcadia is still a place where one can go. But it's not a it's not a region of Greece. Correct. Well, that too, maybe. But, but there's different there's different regions within it. So there's Somniare, which is the land of dreams, uh, Atlantium, which is underwater Arcadia, Antrum, which is rock Arcadia, et cetera, et cetera. It's all very elementally divided. Mm. But this is, this is this strictly an antagonist book. I believe so. I mean, I I'll admit I've never actually played Ars Magica, so, <laughs> but it's, it, but it's not like just like character creation section for making your fairies. No, no, no. So there's, I mean, there's descriptions of like the different, I shouldn't say there's no kits, but it's like, there are, there are divisions. There are like descriptions of merfolk and it's not like they just have a greater swimming speed. Otherwise they're the same as other fairies. And there's, you know, gnomes who are earth fairies and they might have access to earth spells. So it's all kind of within the, within the mechanics of Ars Magica, which is more similar to mage than anything else, I believe. Ooh, look, according to the, yeah, I'm just looking at the PDF here. According to the table of contents, there are fairy PC rules. Yeah. So that's exciting. Well, I obviously and did not it, scroll down that far yet. Yep. So that's exciting. Yeah. Well, now I want to play a that's game with us. See how it measures up to Changeling. Yes. I'll just cross it over with Dark Ages Fae one day. That should work fine. I'm sure somebody's tried porting. Some, I know they ported Ars Magica to modern day as like an alternative mage. Somebody's done that. Which was, of course, the initial intention for... So yeah, to, just to return to the history, um, after Vampire, I think uh, we had a conversation the other day where I gave my opinion that Werewolf is kind of the meta World of Darkness game because World of Darkness set itself up on, you can play the monster. And then once they had done that, it's like, well, who's the monster to the monster? Let's have you be able to play that too. So like having the Lupines mm-hmm. as an antagonist from the start for Vampire meant that the werewolf game obviously would have to follow hard on its heels. And then Mage was already mm-hmm. kind of in the air as a successor, a modern day sort of Ars Magica. So those three from the start seem to have all kind of germinated together, or at least that's my sense. Yes. Yeah, there was definitely werewolves versus vampires before. That wasn't a white wolf invention but but yeah no that makes a lot of sense plus werewolf has with the spirit world and stuff has more expansive otherworldly stuff than than vampire would have had and then there wasn't that much expansion beyond that really i guess change change would be the biggest one after that well and as we've done some digging into the history we've been trying to pinpoint exactly when changeling and wraith in particular were first kind of floated as their own individual lines because Mm -hmm. neither splat is is mentioned in the earliest earliest vampire books but then they are mentioned in the second edition ones and the early werewolf books so somewhere in the end of 1991 early 1992 they seem to have been formally introduced into the setting uh and then by yes 92 they were already being listed as upcoming games. But still, we can definitely see that they were very good. They were planning on very different games. Right. Especially especially for change, Changeling slash Fairy. Yeah. Fairy, as it used to be known. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do you have any more... I guess we can go into what... Sort of how that evolved over time. Yeah, I have a few a few excerpts that I can just talk about briefly. Because they the fairies do appear beyond the sort of passing mentions of avoid the fairies that you get in like clan books, even um even early like mage supplements, it's just kind of like yeah yeah they're a thing. Give them some sphere dots. Mm-hmm. And the, it, well, since they had I mean you had the definite ties of Ars Magica from the beginning of Vampire with the Tremere and whatnot, wouldn't be surprising that they would have thought even in the first book, hey, we might have fairies somehow in this game even if it's not really fleshed out at all yeah do you know what's funny clan book tremere 
just has it's another one of those things where it just has the passing mention it's like two sentences of oh you know steer clear of the fairies and yet all of the other well not all of the other but several other sources are like <laughs> we hear the tremere have dealings with them the tremere don't seem to think so so that was house marinita stuff yeah i think there's um, i think yeah i think there's even change like sources with the hermetics like that <laughs> later on yeah yeah so some of the more substantial references um the earliest major one that I could find was in the first edition Vampire Storyteller's Handbook, which was early 92. Uh, and that actually does have the first fairy with stats in the entire game. They have large amounts of chemistry and protean, which for any non-vampire players is basically illusions and shape-shifting, as well as obfuscate and presence, so they can hide themselves and enchant people, mm-hmm. and auspects to have all sorts of clairsentient knowledge. And the the stat block is for Fairy Kidnapper. Uh, so the Fairy Kidnapper has come to our reality in hopes of capturing the characters. Whether he needs them as warriors in a great battle, prizes in a scavenger hunt, or attractions at a new zoo, he will hunt them and his other prey down and bring them back to Arcadia with him. So that kind of sums it up. And it's really a lot, a lot more in line with those traditional myths and kind of in line with Changeling the Lost more than Dreaming mm-hmm. in the sense of visiting the realm to steal some vampires. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely a folklore all over the place. Kind of one of the things, things we would call fairies from different cultures. One of the things they do is kidnap people. So yeah, they do reference the unseelie and the seelie at this point. They have notes like the few kindred that have ventured into Arcadia have never returned. They mention that the results of drinking fairy blood are not constant. Sometimes the kindred will be filled with great power, and other times the drinker will become lost in a land of hallucinations. Sometimes it acts as poison, and other times as water. Mm-hmm. So from the start, we do get that fairy blood is weird to drink. Yep. And they mention that fairies, some fairies live here permanently, making their homes in out-of-the-way places where humans are unlikely to bother them. So the notion of changelings in the sense of fairies essentially wearing human bodies to deal with banality is pretty absent from this. Yes. And I, I, I do wonder when that started to be developed. I suppose that makes for a better player character to have that aspect. Yeah. Well, we can get it. We'll get into that as we go through the timeline. Yeah. I have some ideas on that. So do you have any other... Yeah. So there were like other minor mentions, right? Oh, the Chiasid, I guess, would be the... That's a big one. Yeah. So the Chiasid... Uh, again, for any non-vampire players, are the bloodline associated with the vampire sect, the Sabbat, who are fey-touched in some way. They experimented with their blood, and now they are sort of half-fairy, half-vampire. And their discipline, Mithraceria, is meant to be sort of fey-connected. The original description of it, it's a lot more, um, in the revised version, it's a lot more associated with like manipulating memory and kind of befuddling people but the original version has a lot to do with sort of earth magic so you can do things like turn someone into stone or excavate your way through the earth or summon goblins which are earth fairies Mm -hmm. so that seems to be another sort of ars magica aspect that still lingered yeah i remember when i first encountered the chaos it was before revised and i was like what are why is it Fairy? What? But I'd already encountered changelings. This doesn't make any sense. This made no sense to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. There's also, in, in Werewolf, there's a couple... Uh, I know I'm, I'm focusing a lot on Vampire here, but in Werewolf, there's also some some of that. In Rage Across New York, which came out in, I, I think, near the end of 1992, there are there's a brief description of fairy society in New York, New York State. And it's the war between the smooths and the models, which is a very weird sort of description. Mm. Um, Did one of them map to Seelie and the other to Unseelie? Well, like kind of. So smooth fairies look like slender humans and are considered very beautiful. The models are ugly, squat, and sometimes repulsive creatures. So it's a little mm. bit Seelie on Seelie or maybe even Seelie shadow court kind of distinction. But we get um, two of the models called Gibber and Crepper. And... Uh, yeah, they're they're possible antagonists for your werewolf pack running through the Adirondacks. So there's still that hmm. earth and mountain association. Uh, and there's even an image. They look a little bit like, you know, 
small trolls. Ch- challenge for the players out there. Try to make that as a PC in Changeling the Dreaming 20th Edition. Accepted. Yes. So, okay. So there's the werewolf stuff. There's, yeah, you, you did a lot of, you, you have much more of the back catalog of early White Wolf books than I do. So I like the scrapbook. Yeah. Is there anything else up until 1994, would you say, on? I have, I have a couple more. Um, so briefly, uh, the Vampire Player's Guide in early, well, the second edition was early 93. I'm not sure if the first edition, which I couldn't get a copy of, has this. But there's the Fairy Affinity Merit, which is a two-point merit that allows vampires to enter Arcadia. Who knew? It was so simple. Wow. Um, provided they can find an entrance, that is. So. Well, that's also a not unbalancing power at all to bring into your yeah. C20 crossover game. Absolutely. Vampire. Uh, there's also the Fairy Lore Secondary Ability, and that has, among other specialties, the various realms of Arcadia that are spelled out in the Ars Magica book. So you can specialize mm-hmm. in Somniari, the land of dreams, for, you know, when you when you go find that gate to Arcadia. In Clanbook Malkavian, the original, there is the level 7 obfuscate discipline power, Visit Fairyland, where the Malkavian can utterly disappear from the area and appear in Fairyland. From Fairyland, she can go anywhere on Earth she wishes to go, but first she has to pass the fairy keepers, who dislike capricious use of their land. So I mean, I, f- I find that... All being obfuscate, oddly the most confusing part of it. It's true. There's a reference elsewhere where they say um, vampires with very high auspects can sometimes visit Arcadia. So I'm not sure why yeah. that changed. But well, one is like you flo- os- that would be you floating out a body, and the other ones you physically go there. I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, I mean neither one makes sense, but <laughs> yes. I think the aspects make slightly more sense. Well, slightly. Uh, and then in the first edition Mage Core book from summer of 93, which by that point, I would assume they had at least kind of started to lay the groundwork for Changeling as a game. Um, mm-hmm. And we get a little bit of that with references to in when they're talking about the Void Engineers in particular, the moon landing in 1969 kind of opening the door to Arcadia it's sort of spelled out here that Arcadia is on the moon or actually it's most mages uh, at least agree that earth's moon known as Arcadia exists in the Tellurian outside guys near Umbra. So. Uh, Yeah. I think that has to have been in changeling proper where, why the moon landing was tied to it originally. Right. But uh, then they sort of shifted the concept. Yeah. Well, there's, there's this reference to when Neil Armstrong first set foot upon the moon, millions were finally shown evidence that the moon was a barren, lifeless place, not the realm of mystery it was believed to be. Uh, Although many still say the moon landing was filmed in a TV studio. Still, this landing, rather than strengthening the Technomancer's hold on the gauntlet, only opened a gateway to Arcadia, the land of the fairies. The magic of the fae-infected Earth and the idea of space exploration quickly took the form of a sublime experience for human consciousness. So there's almost this fairies are aliens vibe running under the surface here. And I, for one, am relieved that that has more or less fallen out of the conception of the Fae. <laughs> oh. I never mentioned my early getting into World of Darkness, working on this complex crossover plotline that I never got to run because everyone I mentioned to as a possible player thought it was that kind of batshit insane oh no uh, or not worth was uh but it involved um the triad like the weaver from werewolf the weaver worm wild there's the three of those but then there's also the weird which is the dreaming slash the moon which had the thea hypothesis anyway i got really you went deep into a strange med and it involved like a immortal static wraith mage anyway that uh, i mean i'm all for it it's the actual chronicle yeah i was a teenager let's put it that way oh we all do things in our teenage years that we're not we're not always proud yes of. it's the things i did you know in my 30s that i'm not proud of that i have to be more careful those right. two i think the last one i wanted to mention is uh umbra the velvet shadow which was the first uh werewolf umbra book from about the same time as the first Mage Core book. Um, and it details a number of realms in the Umbra that werewolves can visit, one of which is the Arcadia Gateway, which is ruled by Mariana, who I think is later said to be House Elil. 
and Lord Lysander is another one of the characters there. Um, but it very specifically says that this realm is not actually Arcadia. You can get mm. to Arcadia from it. And at that point, it kind of starts to maybe make Arcadia into this more metaphysical, spiritual realm and not something on the moon. I believe the Arcadia Gateway has been updated into C20, like somewhere somewhere in the vast mm. pages of the core book, there's a reference to it. We'll get to that. Whenever we get to C20, that'll be a quick read. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, and that one talks about um, uh, the Seelie Court and the Unseelie Court and the High Fairies, Lord Lysander and Princess Mariana. So they're very clearly intended to be she, whereas there are low mm-hmm. fairies also kind of skulking about the enchanted forests in the realm. So. Okay. Yeah. I had uh, two sources I found. Uh, one is a Masquerade second edition, which was a early Mind's Eye Theater LARP book for Vampire. And one thing to keep in mind is back then the Mind's Eye Theater games were pretty distinct setting wise from the tabletop. It was definitely much more vaguely inspired by than trying to cling closely to the same setting that you would have gotten, say, the revised era. But that one has an entry on talking... For some reason, all the other antagonists is like talk about which vampires encountered them. But this one says the Geru, even though they're called lupines in the lupine section, have encounter fairies. So it's like rumor of a rumor uh, that they come from Arcadia and gives other names like the Otherworld and Tiernanok, or whatever, my pronunciation's not great either, um, that they only enter the mortal world certain times of year, like Samhain. There's mental attributes, which is a, attributes were a big thing in that version of the Lord Rules back then. Mm. Uh, they had strange forms of magic, and they were basically indestructible, but things like cold iron might banish them back to their own realm. So that, you know... Maybe less of a description of where things were going since it's so LARP was so distinct back then, but at least an interesting take on things. Yeah. And then the more more on point would be the so that was yeah that was in 1994. Also in 1994 was the Wraith first edition core book, which actually has a ad in the back for Changeling coming out summer of 1995, and also has stats on changelings slash fairies which they talk about in that one in that point it it actually makes it seem like wraiths interact with fairies which it implies are kind of like the true fae or whatever you want to call it in changeling they interact with them a lot they're creatures of composed of magic and spirit and they do mention the nobles and commoners mention Actually, a some sort of dark fae called the Knights of the Poisoned Roads, which maybe has a connection, was picked up later as Kiramat, mm. and travel between Arcadia and the Lands of the Dead. They do mention also something that sounds like the Shattering, but it's a bit different. There were fairies trapped on Earth after the Black Death, and these weren't changelings. These were maybe kind of like Lost Ones, except for they become insular, static, and conservative. Mm. Um... And there's also changelings that have become so tainted by human blood, they sometimes forget what they are, but seem like they're like an aside thing that like wraiths don't really deal with unless they've died. Mm. So sometimes changelings die. And they don't, but they, this one does seem to have the forgetting as a mechanic, even though it doesn't really have the mists as, it, as you'd think of mm. it. Um, and there is a stat block, you know, references rules like the shroud. They make they, they, they are creatures of spirit in this, but I mean, it's explaining in terms of changeling. Gave them the different arcanoi for a noble, bunch of pretty powered stuff. One was like, you know, winter powers. Usually they specialize in one area. And then, you know, sorry, changelings specialize in one area. And, you know, that basically the fae can appear as all sorts of different humans of different ages and power and stuff. But that seems more like an illusion. Makes sense. Yep. At least they're not indestructible like the Lord Pools. I'm curious. I mean, I I know very little about Arkanoi, but when you say that they have powerful stuff, what does that what does that look like? So the one that they have has is they generally noble fairies, not changelings, uh, generally have Argos four, Keening five, Lifeweb three, Moliate four, and Phantasm five. 
Uh, all fairy powers must be united under a specific affiliation or potentiality. For example, a fairy allied with winter would have powers of cold, snow, and ice. So you'd sort of reskin the powers along. It sounds like you'd reskin the powers along whatever theme for that fairy. Which is similar to, I think it's the Werewolf second edition core book points to fairies being kind of thematic. So not necessarily just elemental, but kind of in the same way that werewolf spirits would be a winter spirit or a love spirit or, you know, these very sort of conceptual things. Mm -hmm. Fairies seem to be almost more like, more like spirits than anything else by that point in terms of their metaphysics Mm -hmm. and the changelings happen to be the ones that are, what was it? Tainted with human blood. Yeah, they are. Okay, so it's rumored that some fairies have become so tainted with human blood that they have forgotten their fairy heritage. These fairies are called changelings by true fairies after the ancient practice of exchanging a fairy child with a human baby. Changelings can and do die, and if they are somehow cut off from fundamental power of the fae, can also become wraiths. Intriguing. And fairies are generally feared because they are creatures of spirit and can easily make attacks across the shroud. Oh my. Well, that would make for an interesting crossover game. Yeah, and they give attributes 753, 1395 for abilities, pathos 8, willpower 7, corpus 7, angst 6 out of 6. You know, for all the talk about changelings now being glass cannons, some of these old ones were quite fearsome. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny, though. Their stats are, like, their attributes and abilities are not. They're, like, starting character. Yeah. And not even with the bonus points or anything, but then they get a lot of the powers yeah, and like a high pathos. So they were kind of, those sound like glass cannons to me, like magical, Mm. like a lot of oomph, but not a lot of, it's like they do their magic and that's about it, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know in depth. And I mean, those are, you see that a lot in the antagonist blocks for various games. They'll just describe other things in their own stats like you get mages described with vampire disciplines and various editions and stuff so yeah well generally mages just get give them whatever thaumaturgy paths you feel they deserve yeah maybe some aspects you know maybe some aspects there is also i mean sort of the the krinos in the room is the fiana um since they from the get-go have been sort of tied to this notion of like Celtic lore and having the fairy connection. And yet when I when I went into Tribook Fianna, uh, which was quite quite close to the release of Changeling, so Changeling must have been pretty well developed by, you know, spring ninety-five or whenever the book came out. Um and yet they're they're kind of as vaguely described as in any other splat book. So mm. they, they call them changelings, but they just say, Beware the unsealy courts, and they call them the Fae with a capital F. And it's just very yep. nebulous. So. Well, it kind of makes sense to me. Like these books, first of all, just because when it was published, like there's, if you think about it, like, okay, yeah, Changeling came out in 1995 and you have another book in 1994, but it's not like they, like they would have finalized writing the book for the most part, you know, relatively hot in advance, depending on the length of the book and whatnot. And I don't actually know the structure of White Wolf at that point. Was like everybody in the same office, or was there a lot of contractors even back then? I confess that I I don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know either. So yeah, we can get to publication stuff, but it doesn't seem just with a whole bunch of for a bunch of reasons, it doesn't seem too surprising that whoever wrote that tribe book wouldn't have really known anything about changeling development. Yeah, that's that makes sense at that yeah. point. There was a lot of crossover, is my understanding, for people who were internal to the office, but then. If they had freelancers as well, they might not have been um, mm-hmm. necessarily clued into the current state of yeah. everything. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to look into. I don't know. We could look in. That's kind of a real hard to find. I don't know if anybody can remember, but you know, you can also get books that are sure. delayed or something. So it was written maybe yeah. a year beforehand. Yeah. In any case, by the time the Mage Second Edition core book came along, which was the month after Changeling First Edition, all of the terms seem to have been in place. So. In the antagonist block in the mage book, it uses kithane, it uses glamour, it uses freehold, and like all of these other concepts that have been very clearly spelled out by the time Changeling was released. Yeah, it does seem like, from the the Wraith one's the one that's making me think the most of like, that just feels like somebody did 
contact, like they were into where change and development was, but mm -hmm. it hadn't quite finalized. The other one seemed like, I'm not sure if how much they would have gotten into versus just making up stuff and then whoever started working on changeling the dreaming would have drawn from that right like that's where the yeah well and we we haven't i don't think mentioned the fact that it seems the initial plan was to release at the time fairy before ghost as wraith used to be mm, called and at yeah. some point they were swapped oh wow a world of darkness game released in a different order i know we planned but I imagine that's in part because, because, and this is, you know, shout out to Wraith the podcast. Uh, this is something that if they do a historical dive, they might get into. Um, because with with Wraiths or Ghosts, I mean, you had the Giovanni for the vampires being introduced quite early on. So there was mm -hmm. already a, a point of connection for, for bringing that in. And you had necromancy as, as a discipline. And I wonder if when they were developing the two because they had all of this pre-existing Ars Magica stuff for fairy that they then had to kind of deconstruct and make more playable in a modern context. Maybe that's what delayed yeah. changeling. At, whereas for Wraith, they said, oh, well, we can just take spirit rules and make them dead and add some Arcanoi. I mean, I don't think Wraith was quite so straightforward either. Like if I were to do a straightforward ghost game, I don't think it would be. There's a lot more to the setting as well for that one. Well, as a non-player, I'm biased. Or whatever the opposite of biased is. Biased, but the other way. Yeah. No, but I just mean there's, there is a lot of complexity. Just like, like in the Wraith write-up of Changeling, it's like, okay, they have Changelings, kind of. They have, maybe it was supposed to be rumors, it's hard to tell, but... And, and they do have like the forget, something like the forgetting and the chrysalis seems maybe not exactly the same, something like the chrysalis seems like it's in there, hmm. but they also have the fairies being super active separate from the changelings, which would almost make it feel more like changing the lost as well. Like mm -hmm. your main antagonists may have been the like fairies when you're playing a changeling or dark ages, Fae even overall, what would you say are the defining characteristics of fairies before changeling within the world of darkness? Well, there's definitely the elemental aspect there's being mysterious and kind of scary and capricious, you know, immortality. There's a lot about Arcadia that just keeps coming up. And, but, but like as an active place where the fairies are, not just like a distant land. How about you? Do you have any? Yeah, I think those definitely. Um, and maybe I suppose I would call it the, the diversity was there. There was this recognition of the many different kinds of fairies that were fundamentally different from each other in a way that maybe vampires or werewolves or mages weren't. Yes. Because when you think about like vampires functionally are the same, they differ in the disciplines that they have and their clan weakness, but otherwise they function very similarly to each other. Mm -hmm. Werewolves, you know, they have, they have their auspices, they have their different, uh, their different gifts and everything, but they are fundamentally similar to each other. Mages are humans that follow different creeds. Yeah. Oh, and wraiths as well are very like that too. There's, there's, yeah, there's, it's even the less, guilds. they're even, yeah, the guilds are even less. It's strictly like, yeah, you, you've learned from this guild to learn these powers. It's not a splat at all, really, in that same mm. way. Whereas with the Fae, it's it's almost like they're made of entirely different material. A water fairy is derived from water. A fire fairy is derived from mm -hmm. fire. And those are completely different from each other. So there seems to be, and not that that, you know, not that that was carried over, but that seems to be kind of an underlying well, piece of the puzzle. Not Maybe not to that extreme amount. And I mean, even if you're not, if you're just talking about the Kithane, like they are still very distinct distinct much more so yeah we can get into that when we get to the first core but like they are i think they kept through to changeling the dreaming of again not maybe not quite to the same extent but still very distinct yeah yeah which is also why you get so many kiths eventually yes and they they seem to acknowledge the sort of drawing from lots of different bodies of folklore as well which i like i like that they mm -hmm. had that in mind even though there was certainly primacy given to 
the Celtic and the Northern and Western European. Yep. So with all that kind of in the background, how does that sort of change your impressions of where Changeling came from as a game, if at all? I think, yeah, it does. I do think they were trying, I get the impression they did try to play, like they were doing play testing with much more closer to say the Ars Magica or whatever in other iterations that we're going through and went, this just doesn't work. Like, I don't know if it got to play testing <laughs> or just got to trying to rate make a system and was like, no, this doesn't work. It's a PC system as much, but even though Ars Magica has PC system, but you know, like they, they, there's definitely a lot of, and they want to keep it, you know, they, it seems also like they were working on scaling back the power on it. Cause at some point they must've invented banality. Yeah. And yeah, that might've been in the Wraith right up too. But that's, but it was still different. Like it didn't seem like it killed. Uh, oh no, wait, sorry. Ghosts and fairies share many, many characteristics. Both are creatures born of spirit and composed of magic. Both feel the weight of reality as it tries to erode their very existence. Both must congregate in forgotten places. Both are affected by the mortal world in various ways. And it does talk about them becoming static and whatnot. So yeah, I think not that even banality was nailed down that that was fluctuating throughout the run of changeling. The dreaming has been fluctuating, but yeah, it does seem like they were getting somewhere banality ish, but I don't, what I, let me go back over this and what powers do they have? They have phantasm. I don't think they have anything to do with, you know, creativity or dreams. Hmm. Why would they need to absorb dreams when they live in Arcadia? Yeah, exactly. But that doesn't say they don't have any kind of... I mean, it's not going to get into in Wraith, because like, why would they be connected to humans? But it just... Yeah, the whole glamour asks anything where we think of as glamour besides just magic doesn't right. seem really tied in either. I have to wonder if at some point, like, if, if Satiros Brucato, for example, came over from, like, the mage writer's room to where they were playtesting... Ars Magica fairy in the modern world of darkness and it wasn't working and just kind of said, listen, everyone, we have this thing called paradox we've been working on. Maybe you should come up with something like that. And yes. that kind of made but... it more literally brought it down to earth. Well, it's like, yeah, if you think about the powers, you have blood drinking, right? And then you have gnosis slash rage. Like gnosis would be like drawing spiritual energy. And then mage is just quintessence, which is just, straight up whatever and then wraiths are drawing from emotions right so like you know maybe the glamour came from it actually maybe maybe wraith actually the wraith development actually did inspire a lot of the changeling stuff that's an interesting i i i knew that there was the the emotion connection for wraiths but i didn't realize that that was like their sustenance oh yeah so so briefly on wraiths like they draw they're good and their their passions and their angst, which is both emotional ties. It's it's uh, kind of the passions are the ones you're willing to accept, and the angst is the passions that you're not really comfortable with yourself, and your shadow draws on. And then also things involving memory and connection to things that are important to you and people that are important to you, like that's so it's like Matt. Passion, connection, memory are all the really what matters and, and accepting yourself or not accepting yourself like that. That's sort of all of what Wraith is. Right on. Even if harrowings, which are kind of like dark, twisted, um, in mage terms, would be like dark, twisted uh, uh, seekings. Yeah. Where, where instead of, you know, that's how you increase your power. It's how you keep from being consumed by oblivion. Well, all right. That's it's sort of a feel-good game, I guess. Yes. Oh, it's definitely the happiest game of the World of Darkness, I'd say. Excellent. But yeah, Changeling definitely drew a lot of the darkness from it, I think. Well, sure. Yeah. And I, I do kind of resent when people, you know, for, I, for two reasons I resent when people sort of say Changeling has no place in the World of Darkness or doesn't fit in. Because one, it can absolutely be dark in the same way that dreams are such an important theme for changeling so are nightmares mm -hmm. so are failed dreams or dreams deferred all of that 
sort of stuff and and even dreams that aren't outright bad are confusing and destabilizing mm-hmm. and mysterious so there's plenty of room for the built-in themes of changeling to be um kind of kind of in the mix but then in comparison with the other games i think having that contrast is important because otherwise the world of darkness would feel much too one note you mm. know vampires are monsters vampires are blood-sucking parasites werewolves are doomed werewolves know that they are fighting a losing battle and they're going to try to go out in a place mm. of glory i mean so are changelings in a sense. so are changelings but yeah but they also i would say are having a little bit more fun on the way yeah wraith is you know a feel-good game in the mm-hmm. most intense way uh and mages i mean mages if anything are the least they're still definitely dark. I still think they fit in. But like, if you had to pick one that was the least fitting in of the five, it'd probably be Mage of probably. the darkness themes. Because I mean, they're also Changelings have the banality thing, which are is still very fitting with the goth punk world of darkness. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. So I do think that it was sensible of them to kind of move away from the original conception and and make it more human because mm-hmm. ultimately i think that's the distinction between fairy and changeling as games or as a proto game versus a complete game that seems to be mm-hmm. the primary thing that evolved so yeah i'm into that and i think that it adds a dimension to the world of darkness line that it needed mm-hmm. yeah it does add color just those colors aren't all happy and literal color, as we can talk about when we get yeah. to our discussion of the core book. Anyway. Anything else historical that we should point out before the uh, actual launch of the line? Yeah. If you're if you're listening to this and want to give us feedback, we'll at some point have a way for you to contact us. But uh, if, there, if ours Magica came from somewhere impressive and those had fairies, please let us know. <laughs> Oh, the first ed was also done by Mark Ryan Hagen. So he's a prolific, prolific sort. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely tied into the world of darkness from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the sort of legendarium of the world of darkness that, that I'm aware of is the Mark Ryan Hagen was working on Ars Magica. The Week brothers were doing White Wolf magazine. They joined forces. They decided to do Ars Magica in the modern age, which became mage. And then on the way to Gen Con, Mark Reinhagen had the idea for Vampire and developed that. Oh, well, that is interesting. That I didn't release. I didn't realize. So that's interesting that it then took three, like it was the third game with Mage, not the, mm-hmm. and was very different. Yeah. From like definitely has, you know, the Order of Hermes, which is sort of pulled whole cloth, but. And Vampire has the Tremere. So, you know. Yeah. There were... well, I mean, yeah, but I don't think there's any other. I don't think the virtual adepts or the no, no, even the verbena really showed up. Maybe the verbena is something like it, but not the other <laughs> or the technocracy for sure. I don't think any of that was really, I've never heard of anything about that. Ars Magica. Yeah. But uh, again, listeners, please let us know when we're wrong. That's <laughs> it's a learning process nice for us all. Yes. So I believe next time we will be doing a deep dive into the first edition changeling core book which is a yes riot of color and fun and lots of other emotions yes and that's uh still doing the deep dive myself right now and finding lots of uh things i i I thought i had read it before and i think i must have skimmed it a bit but setting wise at least it's i'm being very surprised by things and that's going to be interesting to talk about we're we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about cantrip cards. This is a thing that will need to be discussed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was 1995. That's right around magic boom, wasn't it? I know. It? Oh, it sure was. How fondly I remember. But that's a discussion for next time. I know it's still early days, and we haven't we haven't fully established sort of little things to do in this podcast. But I would like to perhaps share one final little excerpt just because i was so charmed to find it in the fiana tribe book okay go ahead yeah with sure. your with your blessing uh so the in the tribe book where it goes through stereotypes of different different tribes different groups whatever the fairies section 
It says the fairies are our distant cousins, and some of them, those with human blood, are trapped here. They are the changelings, and they are in some ways like us. If you ever meet a fairy, remember you owe him, and he owes you. Stand by and protect them, but be warned, not all fairies are safe to be around. Beware the unseelie courts and their dark minions. However, immediately after this, and I suppose it closes the entire section, but it's just kind of stuck in there with fairies, we have the first, uh, not even the sentence, the first several clauses of the book Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce, which I never thought that I would see in a role-playing book. So we have River Run past Even Adams from Swerve of Shore to Bend of Bay brings us by a commodious vicus of recirculation back to House Castle and environs. And if you know Finnegan's Wake, you know that it's a circular novel. The first half of that sentence is the last line of the book so that you can just read it. Mm. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I find that a very appropriate sign-off when talking about the fairies, like Finnegan's Wake. They are beautifully complex and completely inscrutable and often dangerous to be around. Yeah. So on that note, I'm, I'm good. I'm done. Okay. Here come the outtakes. So... There's a fire truck going by. I apologize if that's coming through on my side. It means they found me. We can always just... Uh, <laughs> fire department's coming after you? That's not good. All right, they've moved Something on. Something you need to tell us. The, my pyretics has gotten out of control. Um, yeah, so for listeners, I live on a very busy street, and occasionally, even in my attempt at a soundproof booth, uh, the noise of the city creeps in. Oh, here comes another one. Um, anyway, <laughs> we, we might edit this out. Break yeah. and then edit this. Yeah, let's just. I think it's. Wait till... We'll we'll see if it's two fire trucks and that's it. If there's a third one, then I might actually go and see what's going on. Yep. At least leave your uh, <laughs> your little cubby or whatever. Uh, Podcasts are not worth dying for. Mm-hmm. Uh. Okay. Yeah, it's not like you're running a game or anything. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm hearing I'm hearing horns. <laughs> That's a good comedic honk. honk. I just glad I don't live downtown Ottawa right now. But oh yeah. That's another story. All right. It sounds like it sounds like we're good. Okay. Um, World of Darkness.